taking you from where you are right now to where you want to be. One conscious step at a time. Dorsey Pruder, Sal DeGuardia. This is Rebuilding Me. Welcome back to Rebuilding Me. I'm Sal DeGuardia. With me is Dorsey Pruder. Continuing our multi-part series of our Meet the Spouses. This is part two of our interview with Dorsey's husband, Rob Pruder. Last week, we talked about what it was like growing up as little Rob. This week, we find out a little bit more about Rob and his young adult life and some of the struggles that he had as he was coming into his own as a young man. I've always been you know, very knowledge or very um, aware of my contribution to stuff. I've never really blamed third parties or you know other people for my stuff. I've always always known like, hey, whatever's going on, this is you. It's on you. And I've always had this kind of nagging thing of like, you know, you've got too much talent. You've got you're too smart. You're you know you've got you know some people find you attractive. You have all this stuff going for you and dead sexy. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but you're also, but so what have you accomplished? Where are you? Like there's other people, you know, doing a lot better stuff than you are. And they, yeah, the old comparison game and, back to the checklist, right? Like, okay, well, what have you it's, accomplished? It's, and for me, it was more than that. It was more of like, I know I can do better. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what was really driving me into all it's called the ground in 2008. Um, we're talking about, you know, like he probably experienced like you're waking up at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, because you're, you're too hungover from the night before and you're thinking I got anxiety all stuff happening at 10 in the morning you know maybe I should do a couple of shots because I got I got I got to calm down and sure. you're not really paying attention to your kids like you should and you know it and, and you know this is like on you like you're not it's it's a it's a bad place and so that that was kind of that 2008 was this pivotal year where I was sorry started to catch myself like, oh shit, I gotta like, you know, I gotta figure this out because, you know, I'm gonna lose my, I knew I wasn't, even though I had some alienation going on in my, in my life that I could, you know, maybe point to other people about, I also knew that I wasn't putting in the best effort right? internally. And that was really, really, uh, it was, it was killing me physically. And so it's like, I gotta figure this out. So I would go these like, Moments of I'm gonna I, you know, I'm not gonna drink. I'm gonna you know I'll I'll go I'll go a week without drinking. That'll show that'll show sure. everybody. Yeah, no, no one's paying attention, so I'm not who I'm not sure who I was showing. But right. I'm gonna interject here too because that's also that time for our listeners that deal with divorce and and losing contact with kids and stuff. That place where you know you need to do something different. You plan to do something different but you don't know exactly what to do and you maybe not even understand what's happening. So it's like, I'm in charge. I'm going to figure this out, but shoot, I don't know what to do. So maybe like Rob is saying that week of like not drinking, getting some clarity, but then I don't know what the next step is. And then the trigger happens again and, and down into the well, you fall again. And, and I think a lot of our listeners have experienced that. I know you and I Sal, we've talked about that before you experiencing that, that we all go to that space and whatever our vice is, you know, we just fumble and fumble because we don't know how. And oftentimes when we don't know how to do something, we go into our self-loathing and worthiness and all that stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, on top of it all, I got laid off from a job I was on. 
I was in, which I was pretty, you know, successful with. And so all these things are kind of swirling, swirling, swirling. And I was kind of spinning more out of control. I was, you know, you know, having, I was living in Hermosa beach, you know, on one level, it's so much fun and you're at the beach and the other level, it's like, it's completely empty. I'm not spending time with my kids like I should. Right. At least I know that maybe not even look that way out outwardly. I knew I wasn't making the right effort. Um, and by the end of 2008, I mean, I was really like physically, I was a bad place, even though I was like, run, I used to run back then too. Like a deer I run today, but I would run back then just to prove to myself that I wasn't that far gone. Like under the liquor store to get yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. a bottle in the room. That, that hundred feet. I, I ran two hundred feet. I'm in great shape. This, so, how long are how long are you divorced at this point in 2008? Uh, probably three mm-hmm. years or so. Yeah, not very so, long, right? But so. but it gone. You know, so now you're at this like place, and everybody's been there. You know, he's been in this position of like things aren't getting better, yeah. right? They're just getting worse. And so you think, well, at some point, and all your friends are saying, oh, don't worry, this will clear up, and this is just a natural process and all that. I'm like, no, things are not getting better. And I'm not, I'm not doing this right. Is something wrong? And then, um, um, then Jasper and Jackson came into our life. No. <laughs> and then we got puppies. The end. <laughs> you heard Jackson there. Um, so in January of 2009, um, probably changed the direction of my life forever. Uh, that's when I met Dorsey. This um, is where it gets good. <laughs> <laughs> Everything up till then was shit. So, but yeah, January until... 2009. Yeah. <laughs> and part of it was uh, really cool. You know, I was a goddess. I mean, <laughs> part of it was I was a glorious goddess and <laughs> walking to Starbucks one day. Yes. She <laughs> buys you a coffee. Uh, it's not to like dwell on this whole, you know, the Dorsey uh, Rock love story, which is obviously yeah. beautiful, but um, <laughs> it's, it's just one of the things that Dorsey does really well is uh, it makes you feel um, <laughs> more accountable to yourself. Hmm. And, and I think that's not only does she have, you know, certain feel uh, ideas about life and all that, but you kind of, uh, it, it, because it meant something to me. Um, I wanted to be a better person and mm. it was important enough for me to like, as I went through this relationship that not only did I, you know, learn a lot of, you know, things, but it, you start to see like this purpose. And I, you know, I said, everybody, yeah, not to, you know, this is an advertisement for Dorsey though. Kind of is, um, if you, <laughs> Please advertise. I mean, <laughs> right. I, mean, I think it's a matter of if you, if you go through like higher purpose mastery and, but you really go through it to learn about yourself, you, you're going to find out that there is just some things within you that, that you're going to, you're going to discover. What you really discover is that you have the power to do whatever you want in this life. Hmm. Let me say something here because Rob and I had gone through a really dark place together. We had broken up and I had actually cut the cord. Like I had gone to Mexico. I cut the cord and was like, that's it. I'm out. I went with one of my friends and um, I was like, Rob was in a really bad place. And I like was 
in his apartment energetically and I could see him waste. And I was like, what are you doing? Damn it. Why are you doing this to yourself? And he looked at me and said, Dorsey, like, what are you doing here? And I was like, whoa, because it was actually in Mexico. And then he I'm like telling my friend what happened. And Rob starts calling me on the phone and he leaves me a voicemail message like I just saw you like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, holy crap, what just happened? And then this little baby whale was like jumping out of the water. So that was this really magical experience that happened between the two of us that I hadn't really ever experienced before. And, um, you know, it was very intense. Also, I gave Rob the Higher Purpose Mastery and another program, Life Mastery. And I'm like, you need to do the work, right? Like if this, you know, we're, I love you and goodbye. And oh, here's my parting gift. So when he talks about the program, you know, and doing it, he really had to do the work. And I did, I had to do work too. And I had to get to a place where I had to let go. And you know, that's hard for me, Sal, because I'm a coach and I guide people through this process and it's, I'm intuitive and I see things and know things and I'm like, want to fix things. And from my own experience, and a love cat and mama Dorsey and mama Dorsey. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to cradle everyone and exactly. Yeah, and, and carry them across the finish line if you have to, but I know that's not your bad yeah, either. Cause that's yeah. Not- I had to learn to, in order for us to evolve to where we are today and to secure a sacred relationship, to be in the space we are, I had to let go of the reins and to say, there's these tools, there's this awesome stuff, use it or don't use it, but you need to, you're on your own path, do your work. And um, so back to Rob, but I want to say this, I wasn't like, now Rob, this is what you're going to do. And it was like, here it is. (laughs) Good luck. You know, do the work. And Rob did the work, you know, that was probably one of the hardest things for me to do. Actually. Yeah. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do. When was this, Rob? When did you kind of pick it, you know, pick it up and start to run with it and really go deep? I think when we kind of got past, uh, I mean, 2010 was, uh, Mm -hmm. that was rough year. To say the least. (laughs) So 2011, um, I think it was to to go on your theme there. That was the rebuilding year, not just rebuilding of me, um, of of us. And I think when, and this is what I was saying before, when you kind of realize this is really for you and if you want to change your life to the better, you know, we all wake up every single day. We make choices and you know, if you keep on making the same choices, you're just going to continue down a path. And that's always the comfortable path, right? The comfortable path is to keep doing the same thing. Sure. Right. Yeah. You know, eventually if you're, you know, drinking vodka every morning, that is a bad path and you'll die. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but sounds like a fun, sexy time. <laughs> but I think the biggest part of it is like what for me was what, what's important to you. And yeah. what becomes important is, you know, for me, it was, uh, you know, Dorsey, the kids, dogs to be had soon, Jasmine. Uh, so for me, it was like, well, the the prospect of losing this aspect of my life is a lot more important than the, you know, the temporary vices that make you feel good for the moment. Um, and I think that's where people struggle. The, the, the people kind of fall into the familiar, they fall back to the familiar, you know, 
they keep on with the vices that get, that they're that make them feel good temporarily, but hurt them long term. Sure. And because they don't really have a a purpose of what is you know important. And so that was to me it was just finding out like what is it, and you know, being a better father to my kids uh, really became something that really important. You know, and, and being being a good you know stepfather, being a good husband, that really came into focus for me. And so career and some other stuff and making money that really, that was just a, a tool to use to, to, to help the purpose. Right. And so whether or not I had, you know, the right job title or I made enough money or whatever it was, uh, it became kind of irrelevant. Um, and so I think it's that for me really came into focus. All that other stuff kind of went away. Um, I still, by the way, I still drink. Uh, I still have a glass of wine occasionally. Um, Dorsey, if I, <laughs> Dorsey, I've tied tied on a couple of nights in like Mexico with Mark. <laughs> so True. Or, afternoons at Terranea uh, or other yeah. places. But honestly, that's not where you escape to. No, but yeah, you know, I could tell you that at, for years I was the guy that you know started out kind of slow. You know, like I'm quiet, and as people were, were ramping up their drinking, I'm kind of I'm kind of drinking with them. But when they start to taper off, that's when I hit the accelerator and I'm, you know, drinking until three or four in the morning, uh, you know, until I pass out. That was kind of my mode of drinking my entire life. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I always, even when I stopped drinking for the most part, I used to think, well, if I start drinking again, I'm going to like, I'll, I'll, I'll fall into that same mode. Right. It was kind of this block. Like, I don't want to really drink because I, maybe I'll fall into it. And that was there for maybe a couple of years. I don't, I, I don't even think about it. So to me, because this purpose really kind of, you know, came into my life that I was aware of. Um, and the thing about higher purpose master, by the way, is once you become aware of stuff, you can't let it go. Right. Once you, be, once you be, become aware of your purpose or what you should be doing, or you got to let go of certain things. It's that, that left, that thing sitting on your shoulder 24 seven. And so, which is good. Right. And the other, the other thing that I, yeah, I've learned a lot of stuff in my life and I could throw a bunch of cliches out there. Um, the part of forming a habit was a three weeks to a habit that really resonated with me and it became really true. So today I can, you know, have a glass of wine and just say like, yeah, first off, I don't like the way drinking makes me feel now. I don't like the, like, yeah, I start to kind of lose like what I was thinking about and, you know, I don't like the story of my words and all the stuff that start to show up and I'm aware of it out of the control piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, it's even at the little levels. I don't like that. I have a glass of wine and I'm like, and I can tell now because before I couldn't tell before I was, you know, coming off the hangover from the day before. <laughs> and so yeah. I never even thought like, Oh, I sound just fine, but I was probably, you know, yeah. nor did you probably care at yeah. that point. Yeah. And so it's funny. I haven't really, I can't think it's been probably almost 10 years since I've had like a, a, a night of like, wow. And, and even then it was, it was, I don't think it's probably since 2010 that I've had like a really blackout type of night. Oh, blackout, or blackout, blackout. I was going to say, I can think of a few times in Mexico since then. No, no, I mean, on, but. <laughs> yeah, but, but even those nights, even those nights, uh, wasn't like get so hammered drunk that you like, you, you right. fall asleep into the bed. It was like, Hey, let's have a few drinks at the bar and then get back to the hotel room and then say stupid shit to each other until we get mad. So, <laughs> so, 
so for you it was and it wasn't even the alcohol that 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 was basically removed from from your kind of daily life right you didn't need you didn't feel the need to keep going back to the bottle and it, it your just, first focus was really kids being a better dad let me figure this piece out let me figure out how to be a good was it part of it just how to be a good human being you kind of always had that though right like at your core you've always been a just a really great dude right the stuff yeah i mean you're so yes. right dorsey's uh, like uh i mean the thing the thing <laughs> is that what, what i've always said about me and and, and the, the times i've acted inappropriately it was yeah. self-destruction yeah. yeah it wasn't it was never been aimed at anybody else it was you know doing and and you know doing something stupid when i was drunk or whatever it was and it was never aimed at anybody else I've never gone out of my way to like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to screw you over. I'm going to steal from you or anything like that. It's never, it's just not part of who I am. And so, and, I, and part of me was justifying that look, okay. So, I, so I drink too much. So what? It's just, I'm only hurting myself. Yeah. Um, but that's not really true. You, you hurt those around you too. Yeah. And so, and, and I think with the kid thing, um, when Dorsey was in Mexico, she told the story before uh, and she cut the cord. I felt it. And I was in a really like crazy moment of, I was with my son and I could, I couldn't, I could hardly maintain like just myself at that moment. And I really kind of went into anxiety mode and panicked. And, and that was, and my biggest fear at the moment was my son's going to see this in his dad. And what's that going to be like for him? Yep. And so that, and when you start having that perspective, you're on the right path back because that's that's where you kind of realize like oh shit this really is more more it's, it's more about not just about me it's about people around you so when you so when you let go dorsey uh, now i'm now you got me very curious when <laughs> are you looking for him to turn it around or was no. there a moment that you found out like yeah. you really did let him let him go yeah like we're done me, you weren't trying to keep was, tabs on him no it was over yeah. i was um you know he had self-destructed. He had thrown a shit bomb into our relationship. He had cheated and that was it. I was like, it was devastating. And then a few other things kept happening and I'm like, I'm done, dude. Like I, I, I'm over you and I don't care if that's what you're doing and why your story doesn't make like, fuck you. Right. So, and I was deeply, I'd never felt a love so deep and um, I was deeply in love with Rob and it was being, it was like being gutted. It was a betrayal that was so deep for me that um, I, I mean, I had been betrayed, been betrayed a lot in my life and that's part of my journey, but um, it was, I just, it was just like, no. And the relationship, the long-term relationship I had before Rob, I was also in love and it was like off again, on again, on again, it was the same. And he had also cheated and he was actually dating me and somebody else at the same time. And so it was like, I'll never do that again. Wow. And so when this happened for me, it was like, like, oh my God, again. And I'm like, girl, you take you wherever you go. Why do you keep manifesting this? What the hell? And um, so when I cut the cord, I mean, I literally was standing at the water's edge and physically saw the esoteric cord from my heart chakra to his and I cut it and it was like, you know, and I watched it like spiral out into the ocean and, um, that was it. And it wasn't like, I'm going to cut it. And, but I, I, the, the last like showing up there, like really being in medit that meditative state and to show up where he was to see, it was so irritating. I was like, 
dude, stop fucking wasting it. Like, what are you doing? You have right. kids. Like you have, it's not about me, like live your life for you. And so, no, it wasn't about for me, like I'm going back that I was done. And, um, and he knew it. Like he's like Rob is saying, he knew that was, it was over. I mean, when I cut the cord, I cut the cord. When I was talking about, there was this whale. I mean, I'm having this like really spiritual experience with this little baby whale who was like, four feet in front of me in the waves. And my friend was like, what is happening? Like, I've never seen anything like that. It was like, she was like, there's like this light from your crown chakra to this whale. And who, what is like, she's very spiritual. Right. And uh, my friend, Crystal Rob, you know, she's very spiritual. She was like, I, what is happening? Like, I've never even seen anything like this. So it was a really powerful, you know, magical experience. And, but the goal wasn't like, now I'm going to get him to come back. It was, that wasn't it. Right. Right. Matter of fact, so we what were, was that moment though? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to. Oh. What was what moment for when was it that you that you if you're not paying attention to them and you're you're basically done, what's the moment that you see things are changing and you're like, oh, my God, I I need I need Rob in my life. Like, how did how did that happen? That still hasn't happened. I <laughs> We're not there yet. We're still in trial. We have to go back to Starbucks yeah. 11 yeah. years later. Still oh. not ready. Yeah. It wasn't till I mean, we kind of bounced along through 2011 while he was doing the work. And then yeah. um, we didn't talk for a few months. And then um, 2010, 10, it was, it was the rest of 2010. Yeah, it was 2010. And then um, 11, I gave him the, the curriculum and I can't remember what one of his, you know, pathogenic co-workers was trying to stir up a like shit storm between us and all this. And I was like, dude, go away. And, and then uh, I can't remember exactly what bridge the gap. I was like, well, you know, he started. It was your, dad. To, it was your it, father actually. Cause we had, that's uh, right. It was my dad. Uh, we went on a trip up. Uh, I accompanied her up to see your dad. Yeah. That's right. My it dad wasn't really, was, it wasn't like a, it was, I can't say it was like, we're going to get back together type trip. It just matters. Just, let's just go spend some time together. My dad go, had called and said my dad. my dad was dying. Right. But yeah. it, that was a few years after he was diagnosed. My dad played this little game for a few years. Yeah. Like this is it. So we'd all go this see him. I'm like, one. dad, you're still like, no, I don't, I don't think it's yet. And um, so Rob and I, matter of fact, the picture that you see of me with my dad, mm -hmm. um, that's on a lot of my media and stuff. Rob took that picture of my dad. So it was actually that trip. Oh, on that trip. That's cool. On that trip. And um, yeah. So, uh, so you're still in contact. It's not like you guys had totally severed contact. No, we had and... severed contact. And some of the contact was mostly Rob coming out of his spin of, you know, blame. And then I'm like, dude. And he's like, it was like some nasty, you know, the nasty back and forth of just um, and Dor and Dor I don't she know finally took anything about she, she finally made her contribution as well yeah so yeah thank you for getting that yes, I yeah he, he kept trying to i'm like mm, no like, dude oh a little. i mean we're yeah, talking about 90 10 <laughs> but yeah. I, mean, I think you know so it, to get back to you know what we were kind of chatting about which was you know what what is it about you know your life and when it comes into focus and you know I think it really has to do with purpose. And you and I were joking about, you know, 12 step programs and that sort of thing before we came on. Um, and, you know, I've, seen, I, I've been to court mandated 12 step you know, sessions uh, in my <laughs> lifetime. 
And so one of the Tons things of that, that I think doesn't really, uh, I think, get a lot of um, uh, attention is what is really happening inside people that puts them in this, this arena to where they are self-destructing, whether, you know, whether it's drugs, alcohol, whatever your vice is. And it's usually down because they don't have a purpose. It's not, it's not really because there's some, you know, higher power that's, you know, you got them, you know, uh, they're like mind numb robots and I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. What it really is, in my opinion, is that people get back to the use of these things, the self-soothing vices, because they still haven't figured out what's more important to them in their life that makes that behavior self-destructive. Right. So when you have something bigger to live for, then what, why would I want it to, to destroy that? If I have my kids or my, my career or whatever purpose, helping, you know, kids in Africa, whatever, whatever your thing is, right. Yeah. Whether it's, it's that, and then you're going to go, Oh, I'm going to go crawl inside a vodka bottle. Yeah. Well, that, that choice becomes pretty easy at that point. It's like, well, I can crawl inside a vodka bottle and get lost for a couple of days, or I cannot, and then go live a better life. And I think that's, that's the way you can, you can do it. And I, and I get people are, you know, have moments where they are just in a bad place, but once you get out of that bad place, once you, you know, once you're locked in a room for 30 days and you don't have access to drugs or alcohol, then what are you going to do? Right. right. What's, what's the point then? Right. And it's not just about 12 step program and stuff. It's about everybody's life. Right. If you want to, we we've all have a story. We all, we have this like crazy stuff that happens to us. Yeah. I, I tell a story about someone I worked with who's when I worked with her, she had a young daughter who I think was like 11 or 12 that she cared for by herself. Mm-hmm. It turned out when she was a kid, her father was shot, shotgun to death right in front of her. And her mom was found in the uh, lot next to their house decapitated. Now, Oh my God. You could tell me people have stories. I think her story beats my story by tenfold. Oh yeah. Like, um, okay. Right. Yeah. But everybody has a story. And right. so I, I, I think I, I get frustrated sometimes when I hear people go like, oh, you know, all these things happen to me. Well, no, you put yourself in a position normally to make these things that allow this to happen to you, whatever it is. Right. And so um, I think that's where I, um, again, yeah, I got this clarity of life for what's important and what's important today to me um, is really living this really uh, incredible life with my wife and my kids and my dogs, of course. <laughs> um, and just, I sleep at night yeah. and I can tell you that for many, many decades, I didn't sleep well. Um, I sleep well. I, and I, and I don't, I don't worry about my self-destructive behavior being found out by somebody because that was a fear of mine for years. But who's going who's gonna to know what I was doing, you know, when I, when I was drunk or whatever. Oh yeah. And so now I don't, I, I don't, I get up and I have a good night's sleep and, you know, what's the door saying? I don't have a perfect life. You know, we, we have, we have our little uh, bouts of fun and uh, some conflict, but it's, it's trivial stuff, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's what everybody, everybody goes through when you live together with someone who has their own mind, Right. I mean, your own, everybody has their own agenda and their own purpose and all the things they do. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, she snaps at me, I snap at her because I don't want to listen to 
whatever this freaking podcast that's like where i gotta watch the dogs for an hour because i can't, <laughs> can't go outside you don't want to hear about all her nft purchases well yes. I, I, i'm fine with it but i, I i'm stuck in a room with the dogs and it's like ridiculous right. like the dogs yes. have to go to the bathroom they're pine at me i mean growling at me right now because somebody <laughs> because our say, podcast <laughs> guest won't stop talking so, so we can feed the dogs yeah. <laughs> this, this no, this stuff. our 30 minute podcast is now almost an hour mr pruder well that's why and that's why we did you know we're doing two-parters if we yeah. need to because um i think it's important there there was a lot of really good stuff in there and i'm now you know you know the work that he did dorsey yes. right intimately so um help us understand what what do you think was bring it, it yeah yeah bring it home bring it on home all right let me let me bring it home so um and thank you beloved for uh, my beloved let me just say it here on the public forum <laughs> Adonis God, and um, he is an Adonis God, and as you can see, not only from his physical appearance, but also his spiritual being is yeah. just a, um, you know, it's interesting, I hired some new team members, and they really brought it home last year by seeing Rob in a way that um, is his true purpose, and so as we close out and really bring it full circle to, you know, who is Rob and what is his purpose and he's danced around it and talked to you about the things that he does right and what's important to him his children and his wife and most importantly the three dogs and probably most importantly one in particular I won't name names Jasper and um, he really you know um, he he has besides Adonis God, he has this beautiful, divinely held um, purpose of being the temple guard. And mm. a couple people on my team were like, I see Rob is the temple guard and he really is the temple guard. And and I hadn't really acknowledged that, you know, and didn't really fully see it until they brought it into my presence. Like, oh, and we had done a mastermind. You you remember, Sal, because you were here when I was going through this other mastermind and one right. of the things that really came up in that mastermind, we, we did a um, couples retreat. And one of the things that really came up in that retreat when Rob and I went, which there is a whole other story, which we won't go into and Rob's not allowed to tell the details. But one of the things that really came to pr be present was what you started this call with, or what you started this um, podcast with at the beginning. And maybe it wasn't even in the podcast, which is what must it be like to be married to somebody who is a baller, right? Somebody who has. Oh, yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah. We talked about that before. And, um, you know, this came up a few years ago and really, you know, with this shift that's going on in the world into the divine feminine or whatever anybody wants to call it, but the divine masculine is really holding that space, right. And, and being the temple guard. And, um, it's a big shift for men. There's a big shift going on in the world, just globally. And then for purpose-driven men like Rob in their forties and fifties, where we're purpose is really coming in now super powerfully because the world wasn't ready for his purpose yet, right? So he came into the world, had all of these experiences. His mom was a very powerful woman. She worked for Reagan and, you know, she she was like very, very, very involved in politics. Um, his dad was a very powerful man, but his mom was more powerful, right? So he came into the world through this kind of dynamic only to be now married to 
a powerful woman, right? I'm super independent. I'm very um, opinionated. I'm super loud. I know it shocks everyone. And, And I have my own business and my own life and, you know, and yet integrated, right? So I'm independent and interdependent and really finding that space. And Rob's purpose, like a lot of men in relationship with very big personality women is the temple guard, right? I mean, his, and he's shared with you how he's doing it really in these, um, the ways that he does holding down the fort, right? Holding this space. He's got his own career and his own business. And, you know, I don't want to denigrate or downplay what he does in his contribution because he's a big personality and um, has a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, and he even does that at his job, you know, at his work, where he's always been is really this, he's the temple guard. He the really watchman. holds yeah. the watchman. He holds all the shit together. He knows totally. everything that's going on, everything, you know, whether it's spoken or not. And so, you know, I, it's such an honor. Thank you, honey, for being on our podcast and for letting us dip into the vulnerability of your of your childhood and, and your life throughout and, and really to let me bring it full circle in my woo language and, and for our audience to really honor you here and to say, you know, thank you, because I don't always say that enough. And as he says, you never take my advice. And, the, and you know, I do. I listen to him. I just don't want to feed his ego any more than I, you know. She- he listens to you so much. I do listen to him a so lot. much. I do. He's a very, very smart man. He's super intellectual. He knows a lot about a lot of things. And um, and he'll say, I know a lot about a lot of things, but not a lot about one thing or whatever. But it's not true. He's a very smart man. And um, but as as those men who are listening to our podcast who probably resonate, who do resonate with Rob's story and who maybe are in relationship with really big personalities or powerful women who also have, and the men, you guys who have big personalities and power as well, as you're moving into this phase of your life of really being the watchman, the temple guard, right? The, the holder of massive masculine energy and and support. And, um, you know, it's, it's a big, important job. And, um, and purpose. And sometimes in the early life, you got to experience all of those things like Rob has experienced all the time, a little bit different, but you get there to be where you are today. So from where you are Mm. to where you want to be, to where you are today, you know, Rob, the temple guard, the watchman, Adonis God, uh, beloved, thank you so much for being vulnerable on rebuilding me and dipping into some of those um, places that are, you know, not always so pretty and sharing with our audience because it really brings it home for a lot of people. And even if it's only one person who resonates, it's that one person who will take the step in their life to shift from where they are to where they want to be. And just so you know, too, Rob, for, for me, of course, being in Dorsey space and finding out about higher purpose mastery and some of the coaching that I've done with her. Um, not solely, but I mean, certainly your experience was an influence for me to say, okay, it, it's okay to do this kind of work. Right. And to go deep mm-hmm. and to fix some shit. So thank you for, for setting that example. Um, and I hope that, I hope that's what some of the guys get too, is that it is, it's okay to, to open up, go deep, <coughs> do some work, 
get some some things figured out, source, process, you know, and, and do all that, which, um, yeah, which leads to these moments and these conversations, which we just we haven't had that, you know, that's the truth. We haven't had guys like you say what you know, what you've shared today uh, for a long time. And and this is this has been my deep desire is that maybe this finally does crack that door open a little bit for guys to be able to open up and have these conversations. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. And, uh, <laughs> thank you, my love, for those kind words. Um, they are definitely deserved. So I, thank you. <laughs> uh, so great. But <laughs> I will say, uh, you know, there's a saying that Dorsey says a lot, and I, I think it. It's helpful to me and maybe helpful to everybody else. It's damn you, Sal. It's not damn <laughs> you, Sal. that one. It is oh, damn okay. you, Sal. Rob Sorry, says I that a lot. Say- <laughs> damn you, Sal. <laughs> yeah. Those are words she says, but they don't really help anybody else except. That's me. true. It helps us in the moment. Damn you, Sal. No more Wiener Central. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Tell me about it. I, I think this is something that I think it's funny. It, it, it's, it could sound corny, but it's really true. It's, it's, it's hard until it's not. Mm. So hmm. you just, you just keep uh, plugging along, you know? Yeah. I, we all have self doubt. Right. And I have, you know, even to even, even as perfect as I am today, I somehow, I have doubt and, you know, you push it aside, compartmentalize it because I'm a master compartmentalizing. Yeah. And you keep, you keep moving. And yeah. because when you have uh, a core set of values you live by them the answers to every single question is really easy it doesn't mean that implementing the uh, solution is easy but you know what the answer is no matter what it is when you when you have a purpose and, and a course of values it's simple well with that being said we'll close out our podcast today thank you so much rob for sharing today and as you can see we my have favorite dog is here the favorite is <laughs> saying the one that said it would never come inside the house because I, I remember that being a part of the conversation right? yes. <laughs> that's it we're not getting any more dogs and then uh, yeah and mm-hmm. then the two of you snuggled on the couch exactly an hour mm-hmm jasper so the favorite dog is here it's time to feed the dogs so sounds good thank you so much so that's our podcast today it's a long one uh, but a good one and thanks rob see you next time everyone new episodes every friday thank you for listening to rebuilding me